Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best worst and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we are finishing up the year and our look at our our personal picks with Carlos's pick, which is 1978's Born Invincible, directed by uh, Joseph Kuo, mm-hmm. uh, with action choreography by the legendary Yun Wu Ping, and starring Carter Wong and Lo Lie, a couple of, uh, and a few other fun uh, uh, previous seen people and a lot of people we've never seen before on the podcast yeah um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned this that. movie is it actually might take the cake for the most kung fu kung fu movie <laughs> we've done which yeah. i know is is saying something mm-hmm. um but for the longest time in my head it was executioners from shaolin but i think this might this might take it because oh, it yeah, also it, has it, this like macgyver like thrown together with like rubber bands and chewing it gum. It is. Oh man. Feeling. This feels so low budget and I love yeah, it. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should uh, shout out the director, very legendary um, Taiwanese director, Joseph Kuo. And this was also shot yeah. in Taiwan. And so concurrent to the like Shaw brothers, you know, kind of golden age and the rise of golden harvest, there were other independent films and we've talked about like, you know, seasonal films and everything that Ung Siyun was up to. But um, off in Taiwan, like Joseph Kuo was also really starting to um, tap into kind of like possibilities of martial arts filmmaking there. And um, kind of just prior to Born Invincible is maybe his best known film, uh, Seven Grandmasters. And it includes actually a lot of the same cast here. Uh, yeah, I noticed that whenever I was looking into the to the actors and actresses in it. Yeah, it's uh, Seven Grandmasters, also amazing. Yeah, I, I like what, what you were mentioning, Matthew. You were saying faces that we don't necessarily recognize. And you said Executioners from Shaolin, which I think... Both directly relate to uh, what we're talking about here. Marty talked about Taiwan, and uh, I feel like over the course of the podcast, we really haven't differentiated from Hong Kong and Taiwanese, because I think if you're a less discerning uh, fan of these films, you'll just either see like, okay, this is a, a good kung fu movie that I liked, or this is maybe like, this one looks like a cheaper kung fu movie. <laughs> and um, I <laughs> yeah. feel like um, sometimes you you might... I don't know. It, not to say that the Taiwanese films are look cheaper, but there's a different well, they don't pro- have as production. They don't have as yeah. It. They don't have the the big Shaw Brothers or mm-hmm. Golden Harvests there. It, I, yeah, I also feel like that's a generalization. But um, because of uh, that, that's that's what you're seeing. You're not seeing the same pool of actors that we're so used to seeing from Golden Harvest and even yeah. going back into the Shaw Brothers stuff. You're seeing a lot of faces that you're not usually seeing and um joseph Kuo really did an amazing job making his own kind of like kung fu uh like structure in, in taiwan and um I, the thing that i think that's really great about this film is that it's kind of like bridging that gap between hong kong and taiwan and uh totally. like we, we've got uh young Wu ping involved here and carter wong who um by this time this is 1978 um, he had already done a handful of films that um, are pretty notable To Hapkido was his first um, uh, martial arts film that has um, 
martial arts choreography by Sammo Hung and uh, stars Angela Mao. And actually is pretty much a riff on uh, what we saw with uh, Fist of Fury. You've got a situation where it's, uh, you know, the Chinese versus the Japanese and some some direct calls to, you know, what was popular in Fist of Fury. But um, yeah, we... He he looks this is like him coming into like the kind of big buff version of Carter Wong cuz I think most people obviously will know him as one of the three storms in Big Trouble in Little China and uh when you see him in stuff like Hapkido and when Taekwondo strikes you're you're getting almost like kind of a a B part leading man like Almost, I guess, like a James Tian and uh, in uh, uh, Fist of Fury or uh, the Big Boss, and um, I just I think he's awesome, and I think this role is like perfect for him. But I also feel like it's definitely calling to what was popular around this time, like Executioners from Shaolin with Pai Mei and the idea of this kind of ultimate villain yeah. that like you really have to struggle to fight, figure out how to defeat. Um, I think uh, in some ways, in some ways, Born Invincible does that that better because of Carter Wong's character. But also, like, plot-wise, it's kind of a mess. But I think that the real <laughs> fun part of this movie is just seeing what's going on. But um, I I also feel like we should mention, of course, Wang Zhang Li, the other, like, white-haired, like, villain. Yeah, that Silver we, Fox. Yeah, we love to hate. Yeah. and. Um, uh, there's uh, Invincible Armor, which is also a Yang Wuping, I believe. Yes. Yeah, it, and the, also the the Secret Rivals films, Secret Rivals one and two, where he's also the you know white haired villain. Um, Snuff Bottle Connections, another film, kind of yes. right around the same time, uh, mm-hmm, same same mm-hmm. kind of choreography team. I think I would put um, Carter Wong's character here. Um, right up there with like a Pai Mei or uh, Huang Zhang Li, Silver Fox. Yeah, the the thing that I r- really love about this movie is that the movie, the top billing is him and Lolie. Like these are the villains of the film. Yeah. And, y- you know, the, the heroes in the film almost exist in this movie to be killed by the villains. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> right, right. something that you can't really see in anything. And I just think it's, it's so awesome, and the way that Yong Wu Ping really has fun with the choreography here. He has these multiple moments where there's multiple people fighting, like two on one and two on two. It's like super fun, and uh, I I just remember seeing it for the first time. I think uh, it was Alberto that that bought the DVD. He's like, "Dude, we got to check out this movie," and we watched it, and we just were were dying at like the absurdity that we were watching. It was. It was a great time. And I, I know I brought this to the podcast because um, I know that Marty also resonates with this film in a lot of ways. And um, I'm really excited to hear him talk about the movie. But also, this is almost like kind of like I feel like this movie deserves more of a, an appreciation. And I, I'm hoping that just us talking about it and bringing it to people will kind of help it put a spotlight on uh, Born Invincible because it, it it stands up there with some of my favorites back then. Dude, no, I, I love that. And yeah, I think um, uh, it also really deserves uh, uh, like a worthy presentation. And as of the time of recording this, um, 
I don't know. It's not <laughs> clear that that will ever happen, but I mean, keep yeah. keep your candles lit, keep hoping and praying and wishing or whatever. I mean, stranger things yeah. have, have happened. It's true. The It seems like the come drink with me having a good transfer was also kind of a pipe dream. Uh, Dude, totally. That's past, a great point. So. Or like finding all the footage from Metropolis or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's funny, uh, over the last, I, I suppose, like 15 years, there have been like a couple of... Uh, moments where it seemed like maybe we'd have a chance at seeing seeing a better presentation for the film. So we should mention the only way to really watch Born Invincible currently is in a pan and scan, you know, four by three format. There are two different, um, differently scanned, <laughs> differently panned versions. Um, the so the most popular one. Um, I believe comes from a master that was done around the time of like the VHS tape. Um, and you know, there, there were kind of a string of early Kung Fu DVDs that, uh, were not much of an improvement over their, their VHS releases and born invincible sadly is one of those. And then there's also a French DVD that, uh, is also a four by three pan and scan, but, the scans uh, and pans are sometimes a little different than in this version. So, <laughs> so if like you really obsess over it, there are a few moments where you might be able to see a little bit more that's out of frame. Yeah. Um, the pan and scan, I will say, is it's so it it feels as as low budget as some of the stuff in the movie does. Oh, dude, like, totally. It feels like they were watching it for the first time. And they're like, and left, like, like left. They, didn't, they didn't they didn't get to plan. They were just like, oh, the guy on the right side of the screen is talking. Hang on, I gotta scroll dude, over. Yeah, you totally <laughs> feel feel that. And um thankfully you can actually watch uh the um you can actually watch the original trailer for Born Invincible on YouTube. Yeah not the greatest quality um but you can actually see this like scope frame you know so like most kung fu f- films that we cover this is in like this is a very wide film you know like the yeah it's um, like cinema scope aspect ratio yeah. yeah the shaw scope yeah totally and you know sadly just a lot of what joseph quo is going for here and a lot of the design of the you know these incredible fight sequences really, really is just out of sight um, with <laughs> the only way we have to, to see the movie. But anyways, I remember there was like a kind of grassroots project several years ago to, um, and this is kind of pre Kickstarter and stuff. Basically someone had uh, had their hands on a theatrical print of born invincible and they were trying oh, to man. raise money to have like a custom DVD um, made and um, you know prior to some of these crowdfunding platforms this was done I want to say through like forums and emails and mm-hmm. stuff and mm-hmm. apparently um, I think someone kind of like broke the trust of that circle or something and then the project um, the project stopped but they had shared so a narc yeah, they had shared a few clips and it hadn't been, you know, cleaned up or restored or whatever. Um, and was in really some desperate need of like, you know, color timing, color grading. But um, yeah, there was for a brief window of time, a chance to see a couple of moments in the the actual aspect ratio. But 
anyway, so yeah, there's, I feel like that's part of the legend of the film. Also, um, I think the definitive way to watch the movie is with the English dub. It's like one of the oh, most man. classic dubs um, from the same crew that we've talked about so many times on the podcast. Mm. And the dudes are perfectly cast for the characters yeah. um, this time around. And, um, you know, there is also a, a Mandarin dub that, that is available, but yeah, I'm not aware of any way to even access like the Cantonese dub. Um, and then the, yeah, just the rights holder for the film has been unclear for so many years. So anyway, there's a lot going against, um, the fate of <laughs> this movie, yeah. like ever mm-hmm. finding an audience, but, but I, I think like a shining light that we can look to is that there's that cinematic vengeance set that's recently come out. And I yeah, mean, totally. Which looks fact, amazing. Yeah. The fact that some of these films look as good as they do. And uh, it seemed to be a pretty successful release. I don't follow the numbers, but the, the amount of love in that release really shows. And Joseph Quo is, he's old, but he's still around. He's still with us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know that there are people that are really still passionate about this that are trying to get this going. And I mean, I just, yeah, honestly, I just hope and pray that it can be something that we see in our lifetime. Yeah, but um, I think all this context is is actually really kind of crucial because with everything that we've described, it seems like there's so much going against this movie. And yet, I must say, it contains some of my favorite choreography of all time. There's a opening fight sequence in particular that's been firmly in my top five for... Mm many years and has not been dislodged. Um, so yeah, Carlos, you mentioned how we've got, you know, a handful of Hong Kongers to kind of put on the poster for this production. And um, it's amazing to think of uh, Yun Wuping and crew following up the, the crazy smash success of Snake and the Eagle Shadow, Drunken Master and he's also just as comfortable to going back into these choreography gigs. Yes. Um, but you really get the sense of the discipline, the craft, the workmanship um, just applied to this much lower budget affair. And one of my favorite things in, uh, is I think because of the low quality of the film and the color grading, you, I think almost more than any other kung fu film of the period you can so clearly um sense time of day and so you can kind of walk through any of these fights and kind of chronicle it's like okay we're in day two we're in day three for this like one fight (laughs) sequence um and i don't know i mean yeah it's just a real testament to what makes movie magic uh in the martial arts world which is just like a whole lot of creativity, insane hard work, like real commitment and, and discipline. And um, I don't know. And then the fact that that's also packaged with like so much silliness and strangeness and then has this coat of paint of like the nuttiest English dub ever. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's just magic, man. Yeah. I do think it does a sit in a place where all of, like yeah the the low quality of the film the dub and all the the absurdity that happens in this movie i think it just makes it 
magical <laughs> in a stupid way. Yeah, it has it has like a it, an interesting quality to it because of all of the kind of shittiness. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Because the um. I guess I should say shittiness of all of like the production stuff. Cause like we said, the, you know, the, the choreography is, you know, it's next level. It's incredible mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, there, there, I should say too, there are some really nice sets for this movie and locations for this. And yeah, and it's film. almost entirely shot outside. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. really does make it, uh, yep. kind of gives it a timeless look. And also like, um, uh, I guess like 18 bronze men, which was shortly before this, um, there's some like huge, really beautiful like sets for that. Like, so I'm not, I'm not saying like Taiwanese films are like crappy or anything, but mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, people, Hong Kong was like the big, you know, the Hollywood of that, that region. So like, then you think of like productions outside of Hollywood and people automatically think that it's like going to be a lower quality thing. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like how uh, we think yeah. of Canadian films and Canadian <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah exactly. Canadian. Film. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think we've we've juiced everybody up. I hope they understand how much we like this movie, and uh, I'm ready to ready to t- dig in and talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll dig into it, but first, we'll take a look at the back of the VHS. When students from a martial arts school ready their fists to respond to an injustice, they come face to face with a brutal reality. An elderly man and his daughter seek the school's help as they find themselves wrapped up in a grave battle to survive against a cadre of killers and two seemingly unstoppable foes. As the losses stack up, they find themselves in a hopeless state of desperation. Joseph Kuo tells a tale of heroic tragedy starring Carter Wong, Lo Lie, Jack Long, Alan Choi, and Mark Wong. Can these heroes find a way to defeat someone so strong that they seem... Born Invincible. I haven't done that for a few episodes. Yeah, I, I also just feel like it's kind of fun to kind of go back to this is like one of this our is early some classic, episodes. This is some classic Heroes 3 stuff. Yeah, yeah. this is but like th- vintage. Yeah, and I, yeah. I also feel like it's with it's like we're revisiting this style of movie and this format and like but armed with all the new knowledge that we have over this mm-hmm. year that we just like, you know, been working out like bruce lee i feel like has like really pumped us up in a lot of ways not just in regards to his material but just like in like i guess even more so like the context of where a film exists in a timeline and like yeah i gotcha i said how it's like this is 1978 and you think about all of these amazing films that were coming out around this time executioners from shaolin was 77 36 chambers 78 like you know obviously drunken masters snake in the eagle shadow just right around this time like mm-hmm. i i just i can't see a better time to just really be into these films and i can only dream of what it was like to be a fan of this at the time is insane man yeah totally i mean i think it's like whenever you find yourself really digging into kung fu cinema you'll have the same kind of like surreal experience which is like oh i thought i'd combed over every movie in 1978 how is it possible there are like three more from people i really care about um Mm -hmm. that i haven't seen and i don't know i've had that experience like maybe a dozen times where it's like oh how is it I never like tracked this movie or that movie? And also really just trying to make sense of everyone's calendar. We've talked about it before of like how quickly these great like Hong Kong Chinese classics are like turned around. But 
it's also you square that up with what we were just talking about with the dedication that's kind of directed to these fight sequences and it's like well you can't really cut corners there and in a case like this you can't really be shooting two movies at once um so it's like how did they produce just so much amazing content um in these years it's i don't know never to be repeated though yeah which honestly might be for the best (laughs) because i'm sure these people got worked got worked way harder than they should have Um, oh man i did yeah i saw uh, an interview with carter wong that actually is from like the last couple years and he still looks really good and uh, one of the first thing the interviewer notices is that he's got those big puffy knuckles and it's about it's from his time as a martial artist and his time like doing action films now as an older man he's got those super calloused knuckles and <laughs> just like wow dang man like he ain't playing this is like real life <laughs> but um i mean we see martial arts training right at the beginning of this film and i i do love this intro and um i guess from the couple of different clips that i've seen um, I feel like the uh, the dubbed version adds a whole kind of monologue over this training sequence. Yeah, I think you're explaining. right. Explaining, yeah. All the mighty kung fu styles that have been developed in various parts of China, the one recognized as being the most difficult and the most deadly is the Tai Chi technique. Anyone who wishes to learn it must devote his life to it and must start as a child, preferably at the age of three. He must bathe in the secret lotions take the special pills and hold to a rigorous diet for 30 years. The Earth's fundamental forces are tapped via the eight octograms. The whole body is in balance. A change in emphasis in one part of the body will affect a countering change in another part. The routines are incredibly difficult to learn, and few either qualify or have the strength to learn Tai Chi Kung Fu. This is a weird instance where we don't really have the original source to compare to necessarily but um i i love it yeah they show him as a child yeah uh, doing the strenuous workout with like the hungar rings but they're explaining how the tai chi and i mean i'm gonna explain it a little bit but honestly the dialogue's so good that i just want to basically drop it in (laughs) yeah yeah i know we'll we'll have it in for sure and this um, should be everyone's introduction to tai chi which is like incredibly (laughs) mean it's so funny and magical yeah because yeah, the you know whenever you think of tai chi you're thinking of like you know old people in the park like <laughs> you know slowly moving the arms and the motions and stuff and this is like it's the most deadly most deadly of the martial arts mm-hmm. yeah. and like it it turns your hair white and makes your voice high which yeah there are all such these a, very specific weird. like comic book rules yeah. to yeah to mastering this martial art when Tai Chi is mastered, the body changes too. The voice becomes high in pitch and strange to the ear. The hair loses color and becomes like snow. The character becomes volatile to match the body's speed. And the body, while retaining its suppleness, becomes impenetrable and impervious to weapons. One of the most like crucial elements, and uh, you're probably going to have to drop it, like, I don't know, 10 or 20 times in the episode, Matthew, but when... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like when carter wong's character is like centering his chi and he's basically relegating um a certain part of his body to absorb like the weak spot or whatever uh it's always accompanied by this like descending slide whistle 
And it's a kind of sound effect we've heard in other kung fu films, but it happens so many times yeah. in this movie. And it's we're really meant to, I don't know, to not laugh at it, I feel like. But I, I don't know how... Yeah, it's meant to be super badass, but it's like... How serious can you make a slide whistle? Oh, dude. You guys are... You, you're telling me that that's not the bankrupt noise from Wheel of Fortune? It's... Oh, man. <laughs> it is. It is very similar to that, it's yeah. great. Yeah, I love it. And yeah, the whole idea that the main villains of this film, the main villain has this absurdly high-pitched voice. It's like you're saying, Marty, too, like, I wonder, is this serious or is this a joke? And you can, I mean, take it either way, and I think it works. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's totally. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he the, also... The plot of the movie is, is paper thin. It is the totally. most... We're a school, you're a school, we want to kill you, so we have to know we don't want to die, so we'll train and fight you. That's, yeah, there it, are. It is, it is very bare. And there isn't one hero. The There's like three sort of main students of the school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they kind of rotate turns through. At being the hero, kind of. <laughs> but they don't all immediately die, which was kind of interesting, because in most of yeah. our Hong Kong movies, um, like the aforementioned excuses from Shaolin, um, <laughs> They, the main character, like, or the main, like, adversary kills off, like, two or three of the main guys and kind of cycles through them until the, the hero is able to win in the end. But this one, the, there's a few people that get defeated and then, like, recover. They don't just immediately die. Yeah. Yeah. So after this uh, intro where we're ex- explaining the, the, the master of Tai Chi and what, what happens to them, we see the, the martial arts school that becomes the focal point from the film from here on out. They're practicing outside and their practice is interrupted by uh, an elderly man and his daughter. Uh, they're on the run from two killers. And these are a couple of faces that we recognize. But honestly, I don't think we've seen them look like this. <laughs> Definitely not. Yep. So uh, we got in my cor- notes. What I say in my notes, I said the Pippi Longstocking gang. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> That's yeah, perfect. They these like pigtails and, and it's like they've been training in Tai Chi. So like their hair is kind of white, but not completely. Oh, I, I like that take. A, yeah. I, I thought that was a, that was a cool that's uh, fun way you show it yeah it's uh yun shun yi and Corey yun uh yeah they're yeah, these man. two the 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 way pie killers and Dude, they're, and they're the, the most like this old amazing man. pair i i don't know they're yeah. up there with like the greatest on-screen martial arts pair that we've ever seen and it's funny because we've talked about them plenty and they've been involved in projects together uh i mean if you think back to dance of the drunk mantis even they're like mm-hmm. literally squaring off against each other. Um, but I, we don't typically think of them as like this tag team, I want to say. And yeah, the, the that's what other... they are in this film. And it's just their sense of space. And uh, they have such a such overlapping tastes with the, mm. the choreography. So, I mean, we also know just the way that Yun Ping works is you know he's the director of the action we could say in the choreography but of course you know yun shun yi and um Kor yun or yun kui as he's known at this time are also you know putting their two cents in and gosh man yun shun yi and Kor yun here they they look this borderline kind of absurd but i also <laughs> just love how intimidating they look and how confident they look 
and uh, they almost have like in their outfits a yin and yang look going on so like Korean has like the Dude, white yeah. outfit and yun shun yin black has a yeah, uh, Yun Shun Yi has the black outfit, and um, they quickly kind of, as they're trying to approach this old man, the the martial arts school, uh, they they won't stand for it, even though they've been told to not get into fights. A couple of them can't help but see that there's injustice happening, and yeah, uh, this yeah. pulls the whole school into it. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Marty's saying it, but like the choreography here and this basically this whole scene how it escalates and they pull in like an elder student to defend the school because oh, of uh, them getting whooped it's it's honestly like a finale to another uh film like no i completely completely agree i mean in some ways you could it could be a strike against the movie even i think from like another perspective which is i i think this is the strongest uh, material of the whole movie and that's not there's fantastic choreography throughout but um mm. just what's on display here is so amazing and what i love is sort of false sense of scale because we have this opening kind of um burst of action with yun chun yi and Corey's character fighting some of the students like you said but then in many ways the fight proper begins once they um once someone runs back to the school and comes back with kind of like the star student who is uh, uh portrayed by uh alan chui chung san and this is the highlight of his <laughs> freaking career um yeah you watch this and you wonder, it's like, ah, oh, dude, why are you not like the star of everything? Mm-hmm. Um, he has an incredibly like imposing manner and he's just fantastic physically. And uh, really throughout the film, but we, we see it first here, um, it's much more of a, a weapon, weapon-based choreography than we would expect from Yun Moping and the, and the Yun clan at this time. Yeah, And boy, it's just brilliant it's like almost every idea that could be concocted happens with um this combination of sword and staff and combined staff and the kind of like peaking acrobatics and um, yes yeah oh my gosh yeah it it definitely yeah it has elements from everything that you'd enjoy You've got Yomu Ping really ratcheting up the speed of the choreography. You've yeah, also have this is, yeah. These are some of the fastest things you're gonna see in in seventies kung fu. Like yeah, and and most of it really isn't undercranked. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're right, moving right. real fast. Yeah, and you've also got like the weapons involved. So there's like a bit of this performative like flavor to it where you got like you said marty these peking opera moments where they're doing like multiple roundhouse kicks or multiple rotations with the blade versus the the poles that they're fighting with and there's even like this really fun like tag team like choreography where yeah you've got like the, yeah the choreo- rolling over each other yeah they're like doing these cartwheels and they're like doing this combined acrobatics and uh, yeah you're just watching it and you want to clap <laughs> when you're watching it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, dude, yeah. totally. <laughs> it's really, really good. Also, uh, um, we don't talk about this very much, but um, the costume design, if we could call it that, is really effective in this opening scene because you mentioned the yin and yang black and white costumes of Yun Shin Yi and Koryun, but then um, Alan is wearing this kind of dark brown 
And so it's just visually, it's so clear and contrasty and the camera is always in exactly the right place. Um, it's, <laughs> this is going to sound so dumb, but um, the first iPod that allowed video, like I was like just <laughs> loading it up with uh-huh. my favorite Kung Fu scenes. And so I had like oh, trimmed man. a scene, which basically starts with Alan's like amazing <laughs> dialogue. Why do you two men want to bully these two people? Do you think that's a fair thing to do? We're from Chinyin San, where fairness doesn't count for much. I've heard much about you. They say you're tough. So I think I'll find out just how tough you are. Well, I'll tell you this. You'll regret it, because it's the last thing you'll do. We'll see! Oh, beautiful. And, yeah, it was... <laughs> so, I don't know. I've probably watched this fight, I don't know, 50 times, but... Oh, man. Um, Dude, so so great, and yeah, when it when it, we get to the point where it's like everyone has weapons, it's just I don't know, it's as good as it gets, man. It's I think yeah, it's up there with for me, it's up there with that incredible like centerpiece fight in Magnificent Butcher at night at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, except you know we don't have the beautiful production value and the nice. I don't know, in focus camera. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, so good. And yeah, the 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 fight ends on a note where uh it's it's pretty much a stalemate. Uh the the elder student lands a blow and then they're like, "All right, see you later, but you're going to die, <laughs> you know, because you guys did this." And um they have killed a couple of the students so the the students come back to the school and the the two what will become basically the two leads throughout the rest of the film uh they're receiving punishment well they they're requesting that they receive a punishment so mm-hmm. um yeah one of them uh, more pointedly can't uh practice martial arts for 3 years and um you're like oh okay dang well i guess he's not going to be in the rest of the movie but that's yeah. not the case that just <laughs> sets up the last act of the film which is yeah. fun yeah <laughs> and yeah these um Unfortunately, like they're not really on the poster, as we mentioned. It's like our famous Hong Kong faces. It's Carter Wong and it's Lo Lie, even though they're the villains. But um, yeah, it's uh, Jack Long Saiga and Mark Long Kwan Wu are like two of the main kind of students. But then there's like a third brother, and I think that's Su Chen Ping. Um, yeah, yeah, I I think so too. Um, I know that later on when he. When he gets his little spotlight, I, I took some notes, so maybe I'll correct us then. But hmm. yeah, uh, shortly after this, now we're introduced to uh, Carter Wong and uh, Lolia's characters. And uh, yeah, Lolia, the, um, you know, Pai Mei, he's not the guy with the white hair this time. It's it's Carter Wong. And I think that <laughs> it's kind of a cool, striking look that he has this uh, white hair, these white eyebrows, but they don't do him up to look like he's old. It's just the side effect of the training. So he looks really young and buff, but he has this stark white hair. It looks and he looks like an alien because awesome. he has this like reflective, glittery. Oh yeah, nice like, outfit. It's like I don't know. It feels like something like, from like from Inframan like Ultraman or, or or yeah, Inframan or Godzilla villain. Yeah, that's that's a good take. I love it. <laughs> and yeah, we we were discussing this a little bit before. Uh, recording but um i i've noticed even with the casting list on like hkmdb and like hong kong cinemagic 
there's a little bit of uh, discrepancy with what you hear in the dub. Yeah. And like I said, we're not really being able to compare to a source here. So, uh, and the and the Hong Kong movie database listing, uh, Carter Huang's character is Tie Wu Ching, and Lolie is Ku Yu Tie. So um, you do kind of hear them mention Tie, but they actually don't really refer to these characters by name much through the film. So I think we'll we'll dance around with uh, how we're referring to them. Yeah. A lot of the dubs of this era, I feel like, end up doing that. Sometimes they kind of minimize the, like, the usage of the Chinese names. Um, and so we also get a lot of brother, brother, brother. Have you seen brother? brother? Has brother yeah. gone to brother? You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of brother and master. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Not a lot of proper nouns. Yep. Um, Lolius... Uh, voice actor, his his laugh. Oh man, when when he first comes oh, out, man. he does this. You're the Chin Yun chiefs, I imagine. I've heard of you. <laughs> That's us. I love I love that <laughs> delivery. It's, it's so, so good. good. So they they show up and they're looking for this elderly man, and um, they're they're sheltered at the school, but they say basically that they're gonna come back in two hours. And um, that's when you kind of get his backstory. And he says that basically he stood up to these criminals and they've been after him ever since. So um, now the conflict is drawn towards the martial arts school itself. Yeah. And the the weapon that Lolier's character uses is wild. Oh, dude, <laughs> it's, it's so like, crazy. It looks like, a, it looks like a giant golden nightstick is what it looks like. Yeah. With like the like the like the thing sticking out of it and stuff, but then it can like transform and like teeth like like swords like, like saw blade, teeth yeah. pop out and like will break people's swords and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's it's bonkers. It's some hacks, man. He's cheating. It is. Which that was I was kind of surprised. No one like they're all talking about the Tai Chi. They're not talking about like is like he, he can't use that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's got the, 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 the sword breaker on the hilt, and it's also mm-hmm. got like a secret blade that pops out. And honestly, that's what get him, gets him the win every time. It's like, dude, dude, yeah, you cheat. Yeah, so man. cheap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this fight But he's fight a villain, with... so it's like pretty cool. And Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. and we've got that Go like scarlet, it, red, almost shawl-like blood too. Yeah, there's quite a bit of blood in the movie. But yeah, I feel like most of it comes from uh, Lolier's character. But yeah, his fight against Alan's character is yeah another another highlight here. Um, again, the camera is always in the right the right place. Also, really want to shout out um, Joseph Quo's use of like the moving camera in some of these sequences. I really think it's it's sort of the best that we've seen of the, at this particular point in time. You know, it's largely a lot of the kind of cinematic gestures that we're used to, you know, the snap zooms and the kind of like coverage sort of shooting of the fight so that we can have the double in the foreground when needed. But in addition to kind of some of the more expected language, there really are some beautiful um, kind of like circular mo- motions with the camera that you don't really see so much of the, at the period of this, of this period. And ah, dang the, in the trailer, there's they have one shot of when Lolier's blade is coming out to stab, and it looks 
so fantastic with the actual like scope frame you get this sense of kind of like almost marvel comics kind of angle that is totally lost in the four by three so um yeah it is a shame that we're not really seeing kind of joseph quo's vision completely but despite all of that yeah great sequence here yeah the 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 first uh victim from the school here i mean besides those younger students like our first basically lead that dies is the elder student and the master then tells his students, Hey, okay, I'm going to fight, but if I die, then you're the boss. <laughs> it's like, okay, well we know he's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen one of these movies before. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's great. You've got the master using like Chinese sword and now we've see Carter Wong do his thing. And like the Tai Chi here is just unstoppable. He can't be struck by a sword He's basically like got like full armor. Like in in a fighting game, sometimes there's moves that have armor that can like uh, break through uh, an attack, and he's got full armor all the time. <laughs> so it's like, dang, this guy is rough. It, actually, in in Marvel vs. Capcom one and Marvel vs. Capcom two, Zangief, the 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 wrestler from Russia that I love, he has a special move that costs like one bar, and that turns him into basically this, where he can't block. But he can walk through anything. Uh, you still do take damage, so you have to use it wisely. But it's basically what we've got seen, uh, seeing in this match. And um, yeah, eventually he disarms the master and this hand-to-hand fighting that's just like so cool and just so cool seeing him. Uh, you know, he's acrobatic, but I mean, he also feels like I could just stand still and win. But um, they they're still really creative with the choreography here and. It's just, totally. Yeah, it's super fun. And his final, like, he he actually has like a super move, like a fighting game character, <laughs> where he does like this cartwheel headbutt. Basically, he downs his yeah, head, yeah, yeah. and he uses his head with his hands like, a, like folded behind his back. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it just looks so cool. And they punctuate it with like a double take that like freezes on the frame of impact, and mm-hmm. um. Basically, the students are back there like, oh, man, I'm pretty sure he's dead, but we got to go out and help. And then that old man that like they're protecting, he's like, well, I guess after these guys are dead, I'll go out there and die, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because he had made the solemn oath to like never <laughs> fight again. Um, yeah. So it's that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But th- this is also a great like explosive yeah. sequence. And um, I-, I mean, we're it's that awesome thing that uh that we've touched on before which is it's like when you have this kind of crude aging up it allows you to have this kind of exciting surprise of like ah he ain't the old man you think he is like Mm -hmm. he moves he moves as though he's a 24 year old in a wig it's funny when i first saw him i almost thought it was samo at first because it kind of looks like samo oh he has that yeah 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 he definitely looks like a samo in old guy makeup Mm -hmm. um Um, but this, I really liked this this one because like this this fight kind of shows it does something that I think a lot of other uh, kung fu movies kind of miss with like these seemingly invincible villains is it shows that the villain does have weaknesses and isn't a hundred percent invincible because he manages right. to cut off part of his hair, um, and then Lolier's characters they kind of like come in and they they tag team to to beat the guy. Yeah, they do like this totem 
pole. They like, do. They like stand on each other's shoulders, and they have like this tag team. Also, like in it, it also feels like a fighting game to me. Like, yeah, it does. Like, like, like his assist. His assist comes in, and they have like a tag <laughs> yeah. attack. It's it's really really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's um. Have y'all watched? Have either watched um, Venture Brothers? I've seen some episodes, and, I, okay. and it's been something that I know that I'm going to revisit and super enjoy. You would, you'd be super if you're if you're into comic books at all. You're you'll super like Venture yeah. Brothers. But there's one point where the 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 boys are like coming up with this like insane story because they don't want to tell the truth of what happened, and they say that Mecha Shiva came out, mm. and like <laughs> one of them is on the shoulders of the other, and they're just going but Mecha Shiva. No way! They are so lying. I'm innocent. And now, Mister Monarch, you'll have. That's what this scene made me think of. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, so the old guy dies just like everyone else. Yep. And knock uh, down the sign. That's how you know they're the villains. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's classic. We haven't had a good sign knockdown in a while. Yeah, at least they don't smash it in two. They don't smash it. I was I was kind of shocked. They were, yeah. Maybe they're like, we only have one of these sides, guys. We can't break it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The production side. <laughs> right. Like we've been spending so much money on these signs all the time. Just don't do it this time, please. Right. <laughs> the other notable thing is that the moment of like complete victory, Carter Wong's character just lets out this very confident laugh, this very villainous laugh, and yeah, uh, as crucial. the movie plays out, that becomes more important. Mm-hmm. to the plot the cut between the end of that fight and the funeral is so abrupt that it feels like it has to have been like an editing mistake or something <laughs> like in, in the pan scan because nice. like there's it's like this big build up while the 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 one guy dies and just hard cut funeral dead silent. yeah it cuts to that close-up of <laughs> the candles and it's like wow yeah teacher There are a couple of moments as the film goes on where it definitely seems like maybe they snipped a scene out or there's just like kind of an abrupt cut to something. So, um, yeah, again, like I said, I'd love to see a truer version of this film at some point so we can know. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Hope so. So um, we sort of get, yeah, I would say we move into a little bit of kind of like a training period um, slash mourning period. I will say there, instead of like one giant training montage, we have maybe like three or four that are kind of like peppered throughout the story. Um, But also, as we mentioned, there isn't kind of a lone protagonist. So that also makes that also makes some sense. But I particularly Mm -hmm. love the like sequence with all the bamboo um, as he's kind of like, yeah, flipping around and chopping at that. Yeah, and they, it kind of calls to other things we would see where um, a martial arts practitioner is basically refining, like, a special attack. And, uh, yeah, you see there's this little sequence where um, our lead at the time, he does this thing where he sticks one of his swords into the ground and then uh, basically does, like, a flip and recovers the sword and does a slash. So you kind of see that... Um, very noted and then you you, i mean watching these films you're like okay this is going to come back to be an important thing Mm -hmm. later on and it kind of is and and you know we see that through i think that these uh sequences they don't have kind of like the the building blocks of plot like what we'd see in something 
bigger like a 36 chamber or you know a drunken master or snake in the eagle shadow but um i think it definitely calls to that and i think they they serve the purpose and i mean it helps move the plot a little bit i i like that at the funeral basically the the head students is like our only focus is killing these guys now yeah. like <laughs> yeah. it's like whoa yeah yeah that's pretty fun and uh yeah we should uh this is a frankie chan joint so we're getting a lot of music plucked from different sources and i i do believe yeah, that a lot of, a lot like of italian this is, scores and stuff yeah yes it sounds it's a lot of very spaghetti western kind yep. of music I was able to find the isolated tracks. Somebody had uploaded oh, cool. them on YouTube, but I I didn't find all the crediting for them. And I think that uh, at least one or two of the tracks are from that DeWolf uh, uh, music library where we see so many of the tracks pulled from. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think for me, like one of the best tracks is in this montage, that kind of very oh, dude, spaghetti yeah. Western That's sounding. Yeah, cute. It's, it's really good. So now he's going off to to fight, um, and he fights uh, Lothier's. I I called him Golden Nightstick guy in my notes. <laughs> oh, great. beautiful! I I'm sure there's an actual name for whatever that is, but <laughs> it looks. Um, I mean, it's like a tonfa. You know, like hmm. if you heard of like a tonfa, it's basically like a stick with like a side, like just like a side arm, like so you could grab it. It's used like. I guess similar to like a sai, where it's like an offensive weapon, but also a defensive weapon. And they ratchet it up with this, where it literally has like a defensive secret to it, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, he he goes to this fight, and it does not go well. Um, but <laughs> right. I love that the way that he he doesn't just immediately get killed at the end is he 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 throws he some throws sand the pow powder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He throws the pow powder. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's great. Also, and, and um, gets away. some really, uh, some really lovely cuts to like a very distant camera, and it's something that you see, um, kind of throughout Joseph Quo's career. But really, yeah, really beautifully done, especially in this sequence. I think. So now it's time for more training. Uh, not long after this, we get our 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 killers from the beginning. The Pivy Longstock and gang, um, they they get a, a return. Yeah, and the way that they beat them is by it's kind dirty, of fighting dirty, dude. which yeah, I, which I love. Dirty. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. And yeah, it, there's like a, almost, it's not even like a subplot, but there's like this like win uh uh ming too that the the lead here he does that powder thing and escapes he feels a bit of shame because of that so then it's kind of like them fighting dirty kind of like i mean i guess if you're thinking of a yin and yang balance like the the kind of dark side of that and then here they just go full-on dark where yeah it's yeah. like no now we're setting traps and <laughs> we're like uh doing like guerrilla warfare <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like attacking the the killers with bamboo spears and like dropping uh, ropes and and like cages and stuff on them. Yeah, I I feel like Yun Shen Yi 
gets hanged a lot. <laughs> like it's like it's oh, like dude, oh, yeah. You know, like um Dreadnought, you've got it here. Oh my I gosh, think you're in, right. In Invincible Armor, I think that his character and yeah, I was gonna mention that earlier too. You were talking about the duo of Koryun and uh Yunshun Yi and in Invincible Armor they're like kind of a villainous duo also. Right. And I, I I'm pretty sure he gets hanged in that too, which is wild. <laughs> oh man. Maybe he uh, just maybe he just likes doing that like special effect. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he gets hung and then Koryun gets uh, gets impaled by a bunch of bamboo. Yeah, yeah. They like string him up with this bamboo like net and then they stab him from underneath. Yeah. I do really, really enjoy cool. something we we haven't seen for a while is they like the focus shot on somebody getting a black eye. There's this moment where both of them end up with black eyes and there's like a snap zoom to them yeah. with their squinting eye looking at each mm-hmm. other. That's really That's fun. fun. I, I love yeah. This it. whole sequence is really exciting. It's definitely the most, most amount of folks kind of on hand for combat. Yeah. It almost kind of foreshadows a little bit of like the fist of legend schoolyard fight um, for me a little mm. bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, also, I guess if we're thinking about Fist of Legend, you know, eventually Chen Zen makes his way away from the school and, out and lives out in nature. Oh, totally. And now we have we have our school. They're like, OK, well, we need to, like, train and get better. So let's go up to the mountains. So they, like, end up living in a cave for a while. <laughs> yeah. And it's I mean, it's really pretty, actually. It's like a cave and a waterfall. Yeah, it's beautiful. Sure. It, and it's it's just funny that the, a lot of these lower budget productions where they had to shoot outside because Taiwan and Hong Kong both have some really beautiful locales that are very different from stuff we're used to seeing in other, you know, in, in Western productions, then it really does look cool. And like, it, it almost stands out more Dude, and totally. looks less cheap in a way mm. than some of the Shaw brothers sets. Man, great point. Mm-hmm. Uh, plot wise, you've got our head student here, Ming Tu, and there's another student that's starting to kind of come up in the ranks that I forget what his name was. I almost feel like they didn't mention it, but um, brother, I think it I, was. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it was probably. I think it was brother actually. Yeah, because <laughs> um, we we still also have uh, what will become the other lead. He still can't practice his martial arts, and um. Uh, what you see here is the the new trick to defeating uh, Lolia's character, and I think it's really cool. Um, he's like, if I can oil up my blade, oh then, yeah, you know, he's like, he's like, maybe that will give me some sort of advantage. But also, what he does is he takes the like the guard on the like the hilt of the sword and he like runs it up and down the blade. And I mean, I'm sorry, I don't know that much about like Chinese blades, but I don't know if that's just like a feature that exists on Blaze, but it, the way that they show it in this film, it almost seems like kind of a fantastical gimmick of this weapon. Right. right. And um, it, then we get this pivotal scene here where um, they, they now he's challenging Lolia's character again. And it's a, another beautiful, like out, outdoor or outdoor scene here. Yeah, totally. It's like the kind of thing we'd see in a final fight in most of the, like Hong Kong independent. Yeah, like I, I feel like Snake and Eagle Shadow is in the same, was like shot in the, the fight was shot in the same location. Like it's it's a very totally similar kind of looking yeah. location. Yeah, it's kind of like in like Tokusatsu or. Yeah, like, I was going to say it's like in Power Rangers. They where always they go, have they that, to go to the quarry. <laughs> quarry to fight in. Yeah, really He's going to do the rider kick <laughs> to yep. this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but he, he is able to 
he's able to get the win here. Yeah, it's cool. And it, it, it directly involves what we were talking about. So um, he strikes at Lolia's character and he knows he's going to guard him with that special weapon. But then he uses that sliding guard from his sword to disrupt his defense and he's able to uh, strike him and kill him. And this is also when Avery does the like the grabbing the sword out from the ground. Mm-hmm. It pays off. And like you said, this feels like the ending of a different movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. But we still got to deal with our uh, Carter Wong, our our big bad. Oh, yeah. And he gets a really great line, too, when uh, his students come and report on Lolia's character's death. He says, all right, you make two. I promise I'm soon going to kill you. <laughs> it's so oh, good. Man, it's so good. <sighs> and yeah, I mean here we are again. I mean we're sounding redundant, but like all of these fights seem like final fights from a different movie. <laughs> they really do. It's it's like it's a it's a movie full of final fights. Yeah, yep. totally. And narr- the narrative of this fight really plays through in a fun way where um, you know, we're starting with weapons and you're still seeing like that this dude is literally born invincible. You can't stop him. But mm-hmm. um, slowly you're seeing that he's beaten. I mean, not able to injure him, but he's like shredding his clothes, which I think is kind of fun, like symbolically saying that he's like successfully yeah, attacking like his, him. Yeah, his attacks are landing and it's cutting up his clothes, but he's invincible. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. So you're that's, st- that's, a re- that's cool. It's like it's like Wolverine or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and you're, you're still seeing the growth of the hero and you're like thinking, oh, OK, something could actually happen here. But I mean, just as he uh, it shows his strength, Carter Wong's character shows how much stronger he can be. And you start to see the sequence where he's basically doing like a martial arts form but the footwork is like carving this path in the ground yeah it's yeah it's so beautiful here i love it yeah yeah marty go ahead i know you really enjoy this oh no i mean i think it's just it's so well edited and designed um it's like i mean it's a big (laughs) sort of ask because it's like super fantastical that he carves this like perfect buddhist yin yang in the ground but um first of all like they genuinely did it. Someone like carved that into the ground. So when you yeah. finally get the reveal, it's super striking. But again, um, <laughs> and his little high pitched voice goes, Sun and moon step. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. oh my God. Oh, it's, it's so funny. Like it, it literally, it feels like something from like Kung Pao. Like, oh, dude, it's, yeah. It's, oh, oh. It's, it's too good. <laughs> oh my gosh, brilliant! Oh, sorry, you're gonna have to edit our laughing so much. No, no, but it's not also at all. funny because it's like he's the dude on the poster, right? And so it's yes. like I don't know, but he, in some ways, like he doesn't. He feels like neither the, hear the hero original nor audio. The... Oh yeah, because like I'm sure the dubbers like listen to the original like delivery to have an idea. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to remember because I have seen the Mandarin dub before, and I'm, mm. I'm trying to remember if I think it's sort of high pitched because I believe it's like the thing is supposed to be that he's like some kind of eunuch, um, mm-hmm. which they of course also explore through the <laughs> choreography too because yeah. the dudes are just and trying I to mean, grab at his groin all the time. Yeah, all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> I think even in, in a similar way to uh, Pai Mei 
there's like this kind of yeah. almost like a wah wah cue, like when they try to like yeah. attack him there. He does not absorb surprised. his hand into his groin and drag him around, though, unfortunately. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah. well, once that's yeah, been done, you can, I mean, there's a limit to what you can copy, I suppose. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I think, yeah, one of the other iconic things about these white haired supervillains is like the way that they die. And we explore that in this film too. And I mean, also I, I mentioned Invincible Armor in that film, Huang John Lee's character receives another like very iconic Kung Fu movie death that is, is used with uh, uh, what we've seen in some movies where instead of showing it, they show like a fruit or a egg getting squished. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. it's one of those situations. <laughs> but um uh Carter Wong's character here does end up defeating our hero mm-hmm. and you're you're left with another main character dying. But before he dies, he does leave a message and he you see like his final moment he like bites at his finger and then when his uh students come to find him, they see that he's left a message. And um, actually, I wasn't able to translate it myself. Yeah, me but either. I did. I phoned a friend, Marty. Oh, oh, dude, nice. Yeah. Um. So Meng Meng hooked me up, man. Oh, nice. I just on a whim. Awesome. I was like, I gotta see, and um, of course he knew, and it basically says train harder. So it's like, oh, cool. <laughs> it's like I wasn't strong enough. You guys, if you need to beat him, you need mm-hmm. to train harder. Oh, and uh, so, yeah, I figured it was like you know, Brutal. avenge me or something like that. Yeah. But train harder. That rules. Yeah. So I mean, again, shout out to Mang. Yeah, for real. Thank very you. passionate about this. Oh, that's amazing. He's, he's our like uh, soldier on the field uh, for this movie. Yeah, and so the biggest hopefully. advocate for Born Invincible on the planet, I would mm-hmm. say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. So that leads us to basically like oh, I got, the, we got time skip. Yeah, the third act, and um, now we're seeing a switch over of our leads. Now we and have now the this, silver uh, silver ball blowing training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the ball bearing kung fu, where he's like spitting it and sticks into the wall oh, or man, it sticks into a tree. It, when it starts to happen, yeah, several like, camera you know, lenses died in the making of this <laughs> montage. Yeah, because there's a couple you shots where he's like blowing it like right at the lens. Yeah, and it's funny because when you first see him start to train, you see this like stick kind of hanging like a swing, and you're like, "What's he doing?" And you're like, "Oh, he's like training his breathing." And I was like, "Okay, I mean, he's like this could be like a tai chi thing." And it's like, "No, he's actually just <laughs> spitting out metal balls." <laughs> yeah, no, it's some goofy kung fu movie stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. I love it. But the other the other notable thing that we see in the movie is that the the student that was under punishment who was still performing his punishment even after his master's death now he can practice martial arts the three years have passed since uh, uh he was punished and uh he kind of rises to the ranks here and um first we've got to see uh carter wong do his thing once again dude i kind of feel like this dude is the best match for carter wong just visually like i don't know if it's like a height thing or their physicality but i feel like there's something extra special about this particular matchup and carter also i feel like is i don't know even more like energized and explosive in this in this scene really great yeah and i'm pretty sure he's taller than carter wong <laughs> which kind of it makes for an interesting uh matchup Dude, yeah, so yeah, yeah cool. totally. carter's supposed to be the intimidating better than everyone 
but he he gets defeated and and we get to see him laugh one more time yeah he like <laughs> rolls down this hill but yeah these guys are pretty much unstoppable by now and you're starting to be like dang all right I'm, i know i'm watching a kung fu movie and the heroes are gonna win but it's not looking really good right now mm-hmm. I like one of the ways they train is by having like a battering ram going into their chest. Yeah. It's like this log that's yeah. swinging on a tree. It keeps smacking into the guy's chest. So here's where kind of like the wrinkles in the plot <laughs> happen. Because like usually in a Kung Fu movie structured this way, you're going to kind of have a through line of maybe an older master or or somebody that shares some wisdom that can really provide the key to what will end up being like the victory of our hero and you don't really have that you, you once the master from the school dies at the beginning of the film you don't really have a replacement you get the idea of these kind of young students trying to find their way in the world and figure out how to defeat this villain but i mean so what they do is they just throw an old master in out of nowhere <laughs> there's, yeah. there's this guy and then like shortly after this there's a nun and like those yeah. two characters really provide a lot of essential information that leads to our villain's defeat and it, it's unfortunate like that there's kind of like these rough spots here when it comes to the plot because i think that i mean this film is really scratching at like this higher glory and like those those little wrinkles kind of keep it from actually getting to that point and i think it's still fun though and i i love to see like how they handle these goofy characters but it's just unfortunate that it's not like tied together a bit smoother yeah totally yeah it is is, he just pops in to be like hey there's however many pressure points in the body and there's weak point he only has one weak point he can move it around okay bye (laughs) yeah Yeah, he's he's like clippy he just like floats into your life (laughs) yeah as you're trying to defeat a tai chi master oh man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you guys are killing me today he's <laughs> oh. the human game faqs <laughs> yeah, propaganda sure. you do also get this similar to executioners from shaolin kind of situation where they're practicing like the vital points on this kind of i don't know like this custom doll that has everything yeah. listed like the chakra lines are all listed and the 108 mm-hmm. vital points are listed um, but yeah, the the nun appears actually. There's this. There's a brief bit where the the hero is like trying to fight Carter Wong, and uh, he's about to lose. And then this uh, girl flies in with a sword, and uh, that's another great, another great dub delivery where he says like, "Damn you, want to die?" That whole uh, exchange and then she is says, "Damn sides. something." I can't. There's so many. You damn, damn killer. Yeah. Oh, you damn killer. Yeah. Oh, so great. You damn killer. If you like. You can be named. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's too good. Oh, it's good stuff. Um, and that's when the, the nun comes in and basically says, stop the fight. And and Carter Wong is like, because it's you that said it, I'll stop the fight. What the heck? It's <laughs> like, well, I, I was thinking, oh, that's cool. That's like, I wonder if they have like history. Nope. Nope. She's gone after the scene. <laughs> <laughs> But you do see with our hero in the middle of this fight, um, he gets hit by that special attack, like the cart, the headbutt cartwheel. But because of his like log training, he survives that that instance. He yeah, he would have yeah. been dead otherwise. So that's and also that's the um, the the young woman with the sword is, I believe, played by Nancy Yin, mm. which. 
I mainly wanted to say because a lot of times the like the English name of these these actors actresses is like kind of a pun on their native name, and her name is Yin Nancy. Yeah, yeah, dude, so cool. Yeah, that's a really that's really fun, mm-hmm. um, and she's great. Like you do wish that like her character had a little more to do, but yeah, which it it kind of felt like they were setting it up for that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the nun is played by a woman named Chung uh, Chung Mei Yi, which she's not in too many things, but she does have you know she has a credit on HKMDB, so I figured I'd call it out. So and it's like it's actually like yeah, I like what you're saying. How it seems like almost there's a history because her in a similar way she doesn't look old, like she doesn't look elderly. Yeah, but she has yeah. like the white hair, so right. like you could almost see like maybe she was yeah, like she's, she's also a Tai Chi master. Tai Chi master. Yep. I mean, we could script doctor it where she would show up at the final battle and be like the the equal parts to his villain, but like the heroic side, which could have been uh, really cool to explore. But um, I think we're still we still get a really fun finale. And but yeah. so she doles out some vital information here, the key to basically defeating our Tai Chi master. And what she says is that they're uh, they need to. Uh, she says, you must strike when he's not himself. And I think that that's really cool. I think it's a really, I don't know what the original line is, but it's a really cool like localization where it's like a riddle that yeah. it's a riddle that not only the characters in the film solve, but you as the viewer are trying to solve it too. I think that's really smart. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I like yeah, it. I love that. Um, and they figured out what it means is because he's, he's an evil man and evil men don't laugh. So it has to be whenever he's laughing and that's, that's his, that's whenever he's weak. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. So yeah, that, that prompts our, our lead at this time to practice <laughs> like his fatal strike. And uh, what, what he do, what he does is basically he's target practice. He's throwing knives. So um, that, that circus gimmick that everybody's used to seeing uh, now plays an important part to this, this film here. And I like that yeah. the, the wooden dummies, they almost look like uh, Mokujin from Tekken, which we would we, we'd see something <laughs> cool. like in uh, Sh- yeah, Shaolin Wooden Men, like you'll see. Like that's definitely what uh, Mokujin is riffing on, but I like to see that here too. So yeah, that leads us to our, our final showdown. Yeah. And I, I mean, again, this looks it's really great. And you've got this young man that's really uh, prepared. Basically, he's prepared to die because the, the plan is they need to get him to the point where he feels like he's victorious because that's the only time when he laughs. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think it's kind of cool seeing this young uh, martial arts student basically ready to die, but knowing that that is his moment for victory. There's also a funny thing that I think is missed in the dub and it's also i feel like it calls to executioners from shaolin because he's got a bamboo pole stabbed into the ground and i was uh, gonna ask about this yeah you remember in executioners from shaolin that pai mei was only weak between like you know 10 yeah. 38 yeah. and 11 45 <laughs> in a given day and i feel like this is calling to that but i don't really feel like they established yeah what it's strange the because they hadn't referred are. to that at all um mm-hmm. which i almost wonder if it wasn't a riddle that you only want to reason on himself. Maybe it was like you have to defeat him at a certain time or something like that. I don't know. Like maybe like it was a double like some connection between the two. 
yeah, something like that. I like that. Because he's think... definitely che- he's checking it like it's a like it's a sundial. Yep. the The only information that they were given was from that nun that seems to directly correspond with his defeat. So I think, yeah, maybe you're right that there was something that was lost in the translation that they didn't really uh, pull off. But yeah, either way, it's it's kind of weird because it's a pointed moment where he notices the shadow being cast on that bamboo and he realizes, okay, now's the time when I can defeat my opponent but mm-hmm. um yeah we do we do get an, another amazing fight and i mean <laughs> i'm sorry we just can't keep repeating ourselves it just looks so yeah. good and there, i mean well, and the the biggest thing is that's cool is carter wong's kind of doing like the greatest hits of the movie yeah because he like he tries the headbutt thing and that doesn't work and then he does he tries to like draw the thing in the ground and it doesn't work mm-hmm. and they also get like the the groin uh, grabbing and yep. that, that doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then I love that like Nancy's character like gets to like jump into the the mix in, in this fight too, mm-hmm. and she's kind of what wins the day Dude, too, totally. because she she says, "I'll kill you." Oh, <laughs> you'll kill me. Right, I'll take your head now. That's an, another good dub, yeah. um, and that's part of what makes him start laughing. And essentially, the way that the <laughs> they win is by <laughs> mocking him by like he, he just keeps repeating it's literally like the stop copying me stop copying me but in that yeah, great like high really yeah what was that what was that you dare do that you dare do that right right <laughs> that's literally how they get him to start laughing yep and then and then he, he throws a knife through his mouth yeah Ugh. he's got his full laugh going on and he lands at dead center. His practice pays off, and it penetrates through his mouth, erupting beyond ah. like the back of his head. It's it's whoa. so good. Yep, <laughs> very very cool. I I do before. I mean, we get past this. I do love that we also get a situation where, like, slowly but surely, like pieces of his clothing get ripped off. Yes, that's and, a cool visual thing. Yeah, and I, I think it's really funny that, the, like, after his, like, first vest is removed, he's got, like, kind of, like, this cartoony yin and yang symbol on the shirt, which, I mean, you could call to, like, kind of a traditional martial arts thing, but for me, I feel like um, it's, like, he's, like, a Tai Chi nerd, and he has, like, his own, like, fan-made, like, <laughs> Tai Chi shirt that he likes to wear. He, he ironed it on himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, amazing sequence here, and mm-hmm. yeah, the, you're honestly stunned in in how he is defeated, and yeah, t- too good. Just like uh, Pai Mei, or I mean, just like Huang Zhanglian and in, uh, Invincible Armor, just mm-hmm. the death like equivalent of like how cool he was while he was Dude, alive. Yeah, totally. The other thing I think that um, separates the movie is our reflexes totally tell us we're about to get a freeze frame any second, but we do actually get a nice little <laughs> end piece um, kind of going back to the school and, yeah. and sort of closing things up a little more, more neatly, which, yeah. Yeah. Especially. They kind of walk into the sunset and yeah, yeah. It's, that's cool. And it like pans up to a, to a mountain before we get our, you know, the end, which, yeah, that's cool. It's, it's not just him, the, the, the knife flying through the back of his head and the freeze <laughs> right. frames there. Which I totally want also. <laughs> Which, I mean, that would be cool, too, don't get me wrong, but it is kind of nice to have, like, an, uh, a, an actual genuine kind of moment. So. Yeah. Uh, just so happy to bring this to the podcast for equal parts yeah, good. for Thank you, you Matthew, Great and for choice. Marty. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, 
I feel like Marty started us on this podcast with Snake in the Eagle's Shadow, yep. which just felt like such a gift. And I mean, we're definitely not ending Heroes 3, but to mm-hmm. land on this movie, I feel is perfect for the end of this year, which honestly, I feel like uh, we, we've we accomplished a lot in this past year of Heroes 3. Yeah, we, we have. Do, we do usually... We, we usually celebrate our anniversaries like in July when the when we started the podcast, but it's kind of a nice way to end the uh, 2022. Yeah. And especially since after 2021, we didn't get that many episodes out. <laughs> so it was really nice to have a, a, a very full year of, of some some really great stuff. Yeah, I I think we made up for it. And I mean, not to pull the curtain back too far, but the last three weeks, we've been recording episodes straight. And I mean, it's a little bit of work. And I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, it it can be kind of stressful to squeeze this time in. But uh, I still really enjoy uh, doing this with you guys. And I just hope everybody's having a happy holiday. By the the time this comes out, this will be after Christmas. Yeah, it'll be be after Christmas before New Year's, so... Hope everybody's had a great holiday. Yeah, and, dude, totally. Um, and this is the perfect movie to like, if you have any kind of extended, you know, winter break or whatever. Um, yeah, grab someone, <laughs> someone you love that um, <laughs> has the right kind of patience <laughs> or taste or whatever. Yeah, and then tell them it's like an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> Don't <exactly>. worry. <laughs> oh man, and this it's is easy the, breezy. The perfect moment for me to tell my little oh, anecdote please. is that I was <laughs> I was talking to my wife about this podcast, and this is your reward for listening all the way through the episode. And um, I could tell she was getting kind of tired of me talking about it, and she totally owned me. She says to me, "I can't wait for you to talk about it, not to me." <laughs> that is is ice cold I love it I died I was laughing so hard at that (sighs) Joanna is a killer Uh, but yeah 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 Great yeah, movie. That's, that's that's Born Invincible from 1978. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, thank you, uh, thank you, Carlos, and thank you, Marty, for bringing my sassy girl last oh, week. Dude. Oh man, yeah, thank all of you these for have been bringing awesome. Lupin. Yeah, all yeah. all these have been super fun, and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, exploring more animation, more Korean stuff, and of course, always going back to our 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 ever our ever bountiful well of goofy <laughs> ass hong kong movies and and taiwanese movies so yeah and i mean who knows maybe by the end of next year we'll be celebrating a a, a restored version of this film oh, that is the dream, true. isn't it that would that would be the dream mm-hmm. i have an emergency episode for that we can definitely coordinate to kind of end every year with i kind of our picks like three oh, episodes. Yeah. I, I like oh, that idea. Be great. I think it was really if you funny. like the idea, let yeah. us know. You can, <laughs> you can let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can let us know on our email at here is the number three podcast. We'll abide by the results in true Twitter fashion. <laughs> That's true. Oh, oh yeah, I did make a I didn't make a Mastodon account for us. There's nothing on it yet, but we do have oh, nice. one. So. Oh, nice. I, I'm I'm riding the wave. I I, I like this kind of disaster <laughs> the chaos, Twitter yeah. lately. It's true. It's kind of been fun, honestly. <laughs> the, the band going down the ship sounds pretty nice. So. Yep, yep. I I heard someone describe it as it's like a it's like the Titanic is sinking, but everyone's dunking on the iceberg constantly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's yeah. Uh, thank you so much for checking us out. Like I said, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Heroes the Number Three Podcast. You can send us an email. Here's the number three podcast at gmail.com. 
and next week who knows because we're taking january yeah. off so um we will be we'll be back in february with some some goodness we have, we got some we got some cool ideas uh, in the works that I'm I'm looking forward to. Oh yeah, so. yeah. One of the things I I guess I, I I'll tease for next yeah, go year for it. is when I was doing homework for Born Invincible. Uh, we've definitely focused on the dubbing crew for this, and I really do want to shine a spotlight on these voice actors. Um, uh, I believe the company is called Axis International, or it was called yeah. that, and um all those precious voice actors that we've uh, enjoyed in so many of these films, we will definitely be hearing from again. And I mean, in, in maybe something that, that they're almost more known for um, maybe a big green monster that you might've heard of, but <laughs> maybe. Um, we're going to take some time to focus on that guy and definitely focus on those voice actors as well. Well, uh, until next year, or we'll check out all kinds of stuff. I'm sure. Uh, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.